Hi, this is Glenn Rawson. One of the most powerful ways to share history and heritage is by the telling of stories. We began sharing inspiring stories nearly 30 years ago. Each of those stories is true and was intended to inspire and strengthen faith. Over the years, those stories have reached millions around the world. This podcast is for you to listen, learn, and enjoy. One winter night, it was very late, and I was tired. My cell phone rang. It was one of our daughters. The moment I heard her voice, I knew something was wrong. Daddy, she barely managed to say, I'm scared. What's wrong, I asked. She explained that she was on the interstate trying to get home and had driven headlong into a terrible blizzard. It was very dark, and the snow was coming down so hard that the lines on the highway were obliterated, as were the marker posts on the side of the road. She was driving blind and terrified. I'm scared, she repeated amidst her sobs. What do I do? Now, as you've heard me talk about before, I've been in that situation many times, and I understood her fear. My heart and soul went out to her. I would have come and got her in a moment if I hadn't been 200 miles away. Okay, I said, this is what you do. And then I explained all the tricks I have ever learned as a professional driver on how to drive and stay alive in a blizzard how to stay on a road you can't see. Even as I was explaining this to her, a large truck came out of nowhere, obscuring in an instant what remaining vision Hannah had. She was so scared at that moment, she cried out in terror. As we talked, she became calmer. Though she was still crying and still scared, she felt she could make it. We closed the call, and I prayed for her. She made it home. My dear Hannah reminded me of a powerful lesson. Don't forget, when you are in trouble and things are out of control, that there is someone always there and always listening who can see you and help you and knows what you need. All you have to do is cry. Father, I'm scared. Help me. I witness to you that he will. He will. He is a kind, wise, heavenly father and friend. He will help he will comfort. As crazy and weird and unprecedented as this world is, there is purpose behind the things that are happening. Just as the Almighty called people to repentance in the Holy Scriptures, the events of our day and time are a signal from heaven, repent and prepare the way. Moving on. If you don't have witnesses, 
you can't establish truth. If no one saw, there's no way to prove the truth of an event or even of a person's character, their word against yours. Please consider the following witness and testimony from a very unlikely source. In November 1893, an interview was conducted by a man named E.C. Briggs of the reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints with William Smith, the youngest brother of Joseph Smith, Jr. The interview was conducted in Bradville, Wisconsin, less than two weeks, it turned out, before William Smith passed away at the age of 82. Now, of all the members of the Smith family, it was William, according to the record, who most often displayed a rebellious and disloyal spirit. He contended with his brother Joseph and once even physically injured him. After the death of the prophet Joseph, William, a member of the Quorum of the Twelve, rose up against his brethren of the Twelve and was excommunicated by them for apostasy. In succeeding years, he joined numerous churches, even started one of his own at one point, and in so doing, he leveled terrible accusations against Brigham Young and the church then in Utah. His accusations played a major role in the United States government declaring war on the saints in Utah in 1857. In 1878, he became affiliated with the reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and asked for position in their leadership. The interview proceeded with William as follows. Brother Briggs then handed me a pencil this is the scribe, and asked Brother Smith if he ever saw the plates his brother had had, from which the Book of Mormon was translated. William replied, I did not see them uncovered, but I handled them and hefted them while wrapped in a tow frock, and judged them, he said, to have weighed about 60 pounds. I could tell they were plates of some kind and that they were fastened together by rings running through the back. Their size was described in Mother's History. Brother Briggs then asked, Did any others of the family see them, meaning the plates? Well, yes, said William. Father and my brother Samuel saw them, as I did while in the frock. So did Hiram and others of the family. Was this frock one that Joseph took with him especially to wrap the plates in? No, William said. It was his everyday frock, such as young men used to wear then. Didn't you want to remove the cloth and see the bare plates, said Brother Briggs? No, William replied, for Father had just asked if he might not be permitted to do so, and Joseph, putting his hand on them, said, No, I am instructed not to show them to anyone. If I do, I will transgress and lose them again. Besides, William said, we did not care to have him break the commandment and suffer as he did before. He's referring to that incident with Martin Harris and the lost manuscript. Continuing, Brother Briggs said, Did you not doubt Joseph's testimony sometimes? No, William said, 
We all have the most implicit confidence in what he said. He was a truthful boy. Father and mother believed him. Why should not the children? I suppose if he had told crooked stories about other things, we might have doubted his word about the plates, but Joseph was a truthful boy. That father and mother believed his report and suffered persecution for that belief shows that he was truthful. No, sir, we never doubted his word for one minute. My friends, consider who that witness was, where he was at the end of his life when he said that, what he had endured for this witness, and who he was speaking of. To my mind, that's an extremely compelling witness of the character and integrity of Joseph Smith. My family <laughs> loves music. I used to love when my children were all at home. We enjoyed singing. Fortunately, in those days, they were loud enough to drown me out. Not everyone in the family, of course, sings the way I do. Some of them can actually carry a tune. Some of them, most of them actually, have quite a bit of talent. Years of experience, however, have taught me, the illiterate one musically, the awesome power of music to touch the soul for both good and bad. It wasn't too long ago that in keeping our family, all the children at home, traveled to Grandpa and Grandma's house for a Sunday dinner. After a wonderful evening, we all loaded, and of course this was years ago, but we all loaded up in the minivan, the Mormon attack wagon we used to call it. We loaded up in the minivan to come home, and we had no sooner gotten underway than an argument started among the children over some licorice. Well, that argument spread like a brush fire, and before long, it drew in almost everyone in the family. The mood in the van became tense and strained. Then all of a sudden, kind of out of the blue, our oldest daughter, Cherise, suggested that we sing a song. Well, I can tell you that none of us felt too much like singing. But somewhat timidly, we began. I think Cherise started, and then Mom jumped in. And before long, everybody sort of just, oh, we got better. The more we sang, the louder we got. For 30 miles going down the freeway that night, we sang song after song after song. When we pulled up in our driveway, no one got out of the van until we had finished the last verse of the song we were singing. And oh, the feeling. It was hard to describe. No one was angry anymore. Instead, we had a feeling of peace and of joy. We loved each other again. We came inside, got ready for bed, and before we had family prayer, we sang some more. And I'm here to tell you, we went to bed that night filled with the Spirit. Now, that was the experience of my family and the power of music. May I share another family's experience? Mom had worked hard to get the family packed for their annual family camping trip. But Dad, a doctor, as usual, was late getting home from the hospital, causing a little frustration. When he finally did arrive, they got underway. 
However, before they were even out of town, anger and argument erupted in the car, causing mom to just lose it. She just lost her cool. After her tirade, she angrily flipped in a cassette tape of religious children's music and sat back in her seat to smolder in silence. But the songs, the songs were contagious. One by one, each family member broke into singing along with the tape, and the mood changed radically as they traveled down the freeway. Suddenly, as they finished a song, Dad said, We need to turn around. What for? Mom asked. What did I forget? Nothing. I just have this crazy, compelling feeling that we need to turn around. Just as the family launched into the next song, the same feeling hit all of them. Quickly, they turned around and started back the way they had come. They hadn't gone far when they saw a man on the side of the freeway frantically attempting to flag them down. As they rolled to a stop, he pointed off to the side of the road toward a mangled motorcycle and explained that there had been an accident and that the young woman was dying. Quickly, Dad grabbed his bag and ran to her side. She was unconscious and not breathing. She was dying. As the family huddled in the car and prayed fervently, Dad worked desperately. Soon an ambulance arrived and the woman was loaded in. Dad got in with her and went with her, still fighting to save her life. To make a long story short, the young woman lived. But I wonder, is it possible that that was the case because a faithful family chose to sing rather than fight? They chose to sing and open themselves up to the spirit of Almighty God rather than contend. What's my point? I don't care if you sing like a braying donkey. Go sing. Go sing something sacred. Find a quiet spot and pour your heart out to your Father in Heaven. If you love to sing, He'll be there to listen. Thank you for listening. Many of the stories you heard today have been published and are archived at glenrossonstories.com. If you would like more information, you can communicate with us there. We will be back again with another podcast next week.